0: Wapak Naz is Love People, Loving People to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak NAS to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message.
1: Man, thank you. Thank you both. Uh, I'd ask that you, you open your... Your Bible, the pew Bible, or pull out your phone. Speaking of which, to Genesis, um, Genesis chapter two and three. Um, that's where we'll be uh, this morning, and as we get to the word here here shortly. Uh, man, I just want to, I just want to publicly thank Andy and Allison for just their 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 humility and bringing us to the throne of god Um, and i was as i was standing there in worship along with you man i was thinking god is absolutely pleased by you he's pleased by you praising and raising your voices to him even in the moments where maybe you're you're questioning a lot of things in your life or you're you're going through chaos and you're going through hurt um man he's pleased by your praise he's very pleased by your praise and uh, so, um, just move forward there. So, even before you and I, even before we are fully formed, there are voices that are forming us already. Um, and as you hear hear the baby, uh, it's kind of kind of a great segue. At around the 25th, 26th week in gestation, in utero, sounds become more apparent in the womb for the the baby, Uh, so much so the external and and internal sounds become very aware, and they almost sound like this, this. they're muffled because the, the amniotic fluid is not only surrounding the baby, but also in the ear canal, but the sounds that that are happening in utero that the baby is is hearing, such as the, the blood rushing through the umbilical cord, the bowel movements and digestive movements of the mother, the heartbeat of the mama. But most salient and distinguished and distinct is the mother's voice that that baby is hearing and in tune with. In fact, in utero, they have made done testing where they play the mother's voice or have the mother's voice and the, the, the heart rate of the baby increases as a reactionary to the voice of the mother. And just mere hours after birth, the baby can differentiate and prefer the mother's voice above all other voices. Even before we are fully formed, voices are already forming us. Back in 2016, it was Mother's Day weekend and week. We almost lost mom twice in a matter of a week. And as mom was in ICU and we were visiting her, sitting in that chair, praying very, very simple prayers. As simple as, Lord, help her pee and help her poop, literally. There was a voice that went in loop in my mind. It it was my mom's voice when she would answer her phone or, or call me. And she would just say, hi, son. And I just longed. I long to hear that voice one of my earliest memories earliest memories of my entire life are being in the arms of my father I don't know how I remember these things but I do I I remember being in the arms of my father and what was most distinct was it was his voice my ear pressed against his chest and it was his voice reverberating through his chest cavity. And it was, it was so comforting to me. And I would fall asleep listening to my dad's voice. Even before we're fully formed, voices are forming us. And as we exit the womb and enter the world, voices are still forming us. Those earliest voices in our life our moms, our dads, our our grandparents, our guardians, our adopted parents those are the voices that that really begin to to form us and shape us. And it, it continues as we grow, as we get older regardless of what stage of life you're in, there are voices that are warring within you. That they may be the voice, the resounding voice that you hear that forms you and shapes you. But as we we grow and as we develop, we, we, we tend to develop our inner voice, our inside voice. Our internal voice. And we have to ask of all those voices that are warring in our life, whether they are the ones of our parents or our guardians or or anyone else. As we grow up, we we tend to echo those and mimic those and imitate those voices. And so we we have to ask the question, is, is our internal voice really our own voice? Or are they a, an amalgam, an amalgamation, a, a compounded effect of every other voice that we, we hear? Voices are never neutral, are they? They're never neutral. I mean, I'm literally speaking to you right now, and I, I am not neutral for you. I have an agenda and a bias. I want you to have more in your life. I desire that God intercede and interrupt and absolutely upshift your life. I have a bias. Even your own voice is not neutral either, is it? I mean quite frankly, I am I am my greatest cheerleader, but my worst critic. Is that the same for you? Right? Most voices in our life, they either tell us that we are more than we actually are or that we're less than we actually are. And very rarely do they ever tell us who we really are. Voices shape and form our external worlds, don't they? You listen to you more than anyone else in your entire life. However, there's only one that speaks to you more than anyone in your entire life. And that's the Lord. That's God Himself. The one who created all of the universe by his voice he speaks into your soul so this month is it's all about voices and today I want us to step into this this reality that we are shaping by the voices within us by your internal voice that speaks to you. And so, I'd ask that you go back to your scripture and and open up to Genesis chapter 2. And we'll pick up right at verse 1. I'm going to do a little skipping, but I'll direct that to you. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing so doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested and from all the work of creating that he had done. Verse four. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And no shrub of the field had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth. And there was no man to work the ground, but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. And we hone in to this verse 7. It's like the lens just goes right into this moment. The Lord God... Formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now, the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden. And there he put the man he formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden, were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We're going to jump down to verse 15. Those other verses are directional verses. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and care, take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to man to see what he would name them, and whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave the names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. But, no, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this reason, man, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. God, we ask that your voice is the most prevalent voice in this room today. It's in your name that we ask these things. Amen. The Bible tells us that God intentionally placed Adam in the Garden of Eden. And the Garden of Eden, as we read, was pleasing to the eye and good for food. I kind of imagine Adam walking through the garden for the very, very first time, much like my wife and I when we were walking through Yellowstone for the first two days, going through the Geyser Basin, and all we could say is, wow. I mean, he's drinking in this garden with his eyes. And I imagine him just saying, wow. And in that garden, among those trees, for the very, very first time, humanity, a human, heard the voice of God. Prior to this, what God was doing was speaking the universe into existence. He was using His voice to create. And now, His voice is communicating with with a human, with mankind. And just like God was using his voice to create he invited Adam into the same process he would bring the animals before Adam allowing him to name each and every one of them see there's, there's power in words right there's power in what you say I mean, it's the very first few sentences of the Bible. And what Adam used his voice for was to create a reality. In fact, it was naming those animals. And God valued Adam's voice. God valued Adam. Gave him dignity. And in that moment... God understood something about Adam that Adam didn't understand about himself was that Adam was alone though in relationship with God he was alone and so God kind of did this divine anesthesia and had the first surgery and, and as we read he, Adam awoke and there is his wife and he burst out into poetry thus far everything Between verse 1, Genesis 1, to this moment, all of these things were good, very good. They were beautiful. And obviously, out of that, Adam bursts into poetry. And then immediately, in Genesis 3, we see the serpent come on scene. Now, for those of you who are wondering, creation of the woman and then the serpent, a manifestation coming on scene uh, almost immediately, that is coincidental, okay? Just in case you were wondering. We don't necessarily know the time span between the end of chapter 2 and the beginning of chapter 3, but chapter 3 does give us a glimpse of the fact that God, Adam, and Eve all communicated and communed. And once the serpent enters the moment the serpent begins to question truth. A very clear truth that you will see on the screen once I find my there it is my clicker. (laughs) A very clear truth that when God intentionally placed Adam in the middle of that garden he gave him the first command and that first command was you are free to eat of any tree in the garden free I think many of us go immediately to thou shalt not do not you're not supposed to But the first command, the first thing that God tells Adam is you're free. You are free to eat of any tree in the garden. And then he clarifies that freedom does have boundaries, doesn't it? But you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you do, you will surely die. The voice of God writing a narrative of freedom. Writing a, a narrative and a reality for Adam that he is, he is free. And at the forming of Eve, at the very end of that formation, after he, he bursts into poetry, it says they were both naked and unashamed. Now, I've been locked out of my house in my towel because my sister locked me out of the house in just my towel. Wow, that was a very embarrassing moment. You just kind of have this sense that, whoa, this should not be, right? But for Adam and Eve, this was a story without shame. This was a story of freedom. And as soon as the serpent comes in and begins to question the clear truth, did God really say? It's interesting what we do with when we don't think that we have the whole truth or the whole story. In that moment... The serpent is convincing Adam and Eve that they don't have the whole story that God is holding back on them. And for you and I, we're meaning hungry free will creatures. And if we don't have the whole story, guess what we do? We do one of two things. We either go find more information so we can fill the gap. Or we make it up. Both have the potential of being detrimental, don't they? Very quickly, Adam and Eve are convinced that God is holding them back, holding back on them. And we have this pivotal moment, this transitional moment in human history. And Eve somehow didn't get the whole truth. She adds to the truth and takes away from the truth of what God really said and she begins to put the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil across her lips. There are those who speak that should be silent. And there are those that are silent that should speak. There are more of the former than there are of the latter, aren't there? And in this moment, Adam should have been the latter. He should have been the one that was not silent but spoke up because he was the one that God told specifically the clear truth. But Adam at this point, didn't use his voice, did he? I'm curious if Adam really valued his voice. My guess is that he didn't, that God valued Adam's voice more than Adam valued his voice. And quite frankly, if we peer all the way into the New Testament... Jesus on the cross and He gives up His breath and His life. Three days later, He rises from the dead. That moment allows us to voice our heart to the Lord. God values your voice. So much so, that he died so that you can have that connection with him. But in this moment, I don't think Adam understood the value of his voice and how much God valued it. And so he stood silent, and he partaked in the moment, in the fruit. And at that moment, a new narrative began, a narrative of, of darkness, of shame. Of guilt. It emerged and became our story. As we walk into this Genesis 3, Adam and Eve, they, for the very, very first time, when they heard God walking through the garden, they were frightened, they were overcome with fear the very first time they were overcome with fear that was not a narrative that God had written this is a complete antithesis and it's really interesting beyond what God said of where are you he begins to ask Adam and Eve some very pivotal questions the Lord God had called to to man where are you it's a rhetorical question. More for Adam than for God. He answered, I, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. Remember, at the end of Genesis 2, they were naked and unashamed. That was the story that God's voice wrote for them. Then God asked a question, and He said, Who Told you that you were naked. In other words, what other voices have you been listening to? Whose voice did you replace with mine? Why are you listening to another narrative? There's a conflicting voice out there. And you have taken it hook, line, and sinker. Who told you that you were naked? Folks, this is not just a question that God asks Adam. This is not just a question that God asks Eve. This is a question that He asks to all of humanity. Whose voice have you replaced with mine? What voices are the ears of your soul listening to? They're writing for you an alternative story, creating an alternative reality, a lesser reality than what you were created for. voices shape you. Your voice shapes you. My voice shapes me. The voice of my mentors have shaped me. The voice of my parents have shaped me. And there are a lot of other voices out there that shape you. Remember, they are not neutral. And God is asking you and I, what voices are you listening to? All of us are still developing our inner voice. No matter how old we are, what stage of life we're in, you're still developing your inner voice. You're still trying to find that. very difficult when there are a lot of warring voices around you speaking into you isn't it take us in all kinds of directions more than likely opposite of the direction that God desires for our soul and our mind How do we find our voice? Remember, God valued Adam's voice, and so he values your voice. How do we find our voice? Well, we find our voice when it resounds with the voice of our Creator. We find our voice in him. But how do we do that? I have this really cool app. It's the Audubon app. No, it doesn't clue me into God's voice, not at all. The Audubon app actually is this... I'm getting a little nerdy on you real quick. And we're close to wrapping up, so don't worry. Um, it's, it's an app about birds. Right? And so when we go hiking... Uh, in all kinds of places there's all kinds of birds around us and I've often been curious what birds are singing what voices are around me right so one thing is I actually have to shut my mouth don't I to listen to what voices are around me what what birds around me literally yesterday sitting on the deck Hopefully, the the thing will pick it up here. We'll do our best. I heard this. Oh, there it is. Wait, nope, this one. Nope, you can't hear that. I heard this from our deck. And I thought, oh, wow. I know that one. That's the Carolina Wren. In fact, a couple years ago, I was sitting on the deck in Tennessee, and I heard that same sound. I was like, what bird is that? So I started playing with that, trying to figure it out, playing all these birds. There it is! And what would you know? I turned up my speaker on my phone, flies the bird, the Carolina Wren, right on the rail, trying to figure out where this other voice is coming from. And I said, little birdie, it's coming from a phone. When you walk through the trees, through the woods, through the forest, there are all these birds that are singing their songs to one another, but really, they're, they're definitely singing songs to the Lord, in my opinion. They're th- so distinct and unique. But many people don't necessarily know that's the Carolina Wren. That's the Starling. That's the Common House Sparrow. That's the, the Robin. Oh, that's the Blue Jay. He's really, really angry. At least he seems like he's angry because it's always Aggressive. When you walk through the woods and you hear all these birds, the only way that you're going to be able to pick out any one of these birds is first, you have to be silent to distinguish the different calls and the songs of the bird. You have to be silent. And I don't think it's coincidental that the word silent also have the very exact same number and letters as the word Listen in the English language when you are silent you must listen listen for the distinction just like the 25th 26th week in utero listening for the distinct sound of the mother's voice because when you set your ears in then you can begin to distinguish each distinct sound for us, learning and discerning the voice of the Lord comes from our silence, comes from our listening, and it comes from the word that He has given us already Genesis through Revelation. I think we complicate it way too much, don't you? This shares with us the true narrative. This shares with us our true self. Who we really are and who we really aren't. my heart for you and I and for those listening online, for your families, is that we learn to distinguish the voice of the Lord above all of the other voices that are warring within us. Because I can tell you, as much as you desire to silence all of those voices that are not His, you're probably not going to silence them all. But if you can set your ear, the ears of your soul, to that one distinct voice, then you'll know. Then you'll know. So the challenge for you and me is very simple. Be silent. Scripture says, be still and know that I am God. Be silent and listen. Saturate yourself in the word. You'll be able to begin to distinguish his voice. Would you mind standing, please? Heavenly Father, it is Your voice that speaks to us the most in our life. And it is in Your voice that we can find our very own. It is not separate from You. But I imagine that, that there are many folks listening here To my voice that have been their life has been shaped by those that those voices that have had less than for their life those statements that they have carried on since they were kids Lord, I ask that above all voices in our life, that yours becomes the clearest, most distinct. And in it we find comfort and we find peace, we find rest, we find guidance. And that we trust that you are giving us the whole story in the moment. believe that you aren't giving us the whole story that we trust you you will come through anyway tender us to your spirit tender us to your presence and teach us to listen to your voice It is in your name, Jesus, that we ask these things today. Amen. Folks, may you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And will you please, please love your neighbor as yourself. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. And we'll see you soon.
0: Thank you for listening to the Nas podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God in the hope and future he has for you and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.